Hi, everyone. This is an episode I have felt I needed to do for a while. I didn't really know where to start, and I think it's finally time. I still don't necessarily know where to begin or end the discussion on such a difficult topic and situation that has both occurred in my life and the lives of people I love and care for and those that I don't know, but I know the immense pain and grief that happens. And so what what I'm thinking is I'm going to share a little bit about me and my experience and add it on to a brilliant interview with a dear friend of mine who is working to make huge strides in supporting women in this space. And, um, you know, something happened today that just made me feel like this is the right time to share this. And I'll share a little bit about that too, as well as I think just yesterday being mother's day, really cropping up a lot for me and feeling like it's this sort of invisible thing that nobody, nobody really understands about me and it's tough. And then it's not, and then it's tough again. And I think that's, what's the hardest thing is it's not as though it's a broken leg and you can see it and feel it all the time consciously. Um, but losing a baby Losing a child in any way, shape, or form is exceptionally tragic. And I, for one, can say with my experience now that I'm definitely becoming the person that I need to be through the experiences that I've had with loss. And it's changed me. It's changed me. I mean, of course it has. How how could it not? Um, death, I think, for everyone will is changing the way that we maybe value our own lives, view others, the things that we allow to bother us, the love that we share and show toward others. Death is a really great reminder of how finite this particular life is. And no matter what your spiritual religious affiliation or beliefs, uh, we all have to confront death. And I did an episode on this before, but it was sort of more of a broad death uh, topic. And losing an infant in particular, whether it's an early loss during the pregnancy or stillborn or afterwards, um, you know, everybody has their own unique experience. And it I've listened to some podcasts where women will share their individual story and I don't know that it helps me. I don't know. I got recommended an episode like that and I listened and I think it just made me sad for that woman. (laughs) And that's what also made me sort of avoid sharing about this around myself and my personal experience and also just speaking out, but I do feel that it's something that needs to be spoken about and that there needs to be a sense of community around this in one way, shape or form. And 
uh, what I did was I actually joined a grief group at a church, which I had no idea that was a thing. I really wasn't going to church regularly before, um, you know, my first loss. And I didn't really know what it was all going to mean for me. I mean, church, how was church going to help? What was this grief group going to do? I went in Dallas and it was exceptionally welcoming. I think what I liked about going to a grief group was that it was sort of all different types of grief. I mean, all related to loss, but there were different losses. And somehow, not that it made my grief lessened because it didn't, it still really hurt. But what it did do was sort of give me a wide landscape. And it made me realize that while this is one type of very painful grief, there's a lot of grief in life and a lot of loss in different ways. And we can, of course, say, okay, when you lose, you know, one door closes, another door opens, and people say all kinds of platitudes that, yes, technically speaking, you know, something ends, a phase of your life ends, some someone's life ends, and another phase begins. Yes, there's death and renewal. It's a circle of life. We see it in the seasons. We all kind of inherently understand it's supposed to happen. But when you're just in the grips of death, um, when you have death quite literally inside of you in physical form, and I mean, again, you could get technical and say, okay, but there's cell death, you know, like your parts of your body are dying and regenerating all the time. But it's very different, I think, when it's this other being, this other soul that really is within you that then leaves. And at least for me, I could feel it. I knew, I knew that it was gone somehow. Um, but whether you feel it or you don't, or it's a shock or it's not, I mean, it's always a shock to see, you know, no movement on an ultrasound. It sucks. No way around, no words around that particular moment. And I think even speaking this, you know, I don't know that speaking this out is helpful. I hope it is for somebody in some way, because for me, it's been a very quiet, very solitary, isolated sort of grieving and recovering, processing, figuring this out. What does it mean? What does it mean to me? Who am I now? Who was I before? What was I taking for granted? It's really sharpened me or maybe dulled me in a sense. I feel like maybe I was kind of sharp and prickly and it's really kind of changed that. I mean, I still have my spikes. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's me we're talking about, but it's really shown me how much is in my control, which is very little. And that was so humbling. And I think that we all kind of, whether it's loss of any kind or just things that don't go according to plan, um, you know, it, it absolutely knocked me off of any high horse that I had to say, you are not the giver of life. I mean, you can, a woman can sustain life and in my body I can sustain life, but I don't get to make the choices. The doctors didn't get to make the choices. No one got to make the choices, but you know, God or whatever you want to call that force that is beyond you, me, a doctor, science. And it definitely drew me closer to that force. Um, I've spoken with other women that have had babies and whether living or not, um, you know, the process of childbirth and labor is by physiologically one and the same if you're birthing, you know, I mean, okay, careful. <laughs> Maybe not 
one and the same. There are different implications. The bigger the object that is coming out of your body, that's for sure. So not the same, but you are going through labor nonetheless. And I think sometimes you can feel like you're being diminished. Certainly one of the biggest difficulties for me was being put in the hospital in a room beside women that were birthing fully formed living babies. And that was really hard to be in the face of death and sorrow, looking at a baby bed and hearing babies and seeing pregnant women with big bellies and, you know, having them walk out with babies. It was miraculous actually that while I was walking out after everything had passed, which was a good 24 hours of, of pure, um, pure difficulty, I will say in many ways for me. Um, there was a woman there that actually had experienced a loss at the same time. A similar gestation and also, I mean, that day because we were leaving at the same time. And first of all, it made me sad to think that she also had to go through being in a wing of a hospital that's filled with so much joy at a time that she was in so much grief and pain, as was I. Um, but it was really nice to know that I wasn't alone in that moment. And I've had kind of little glimpses of that many times since then. Um, the grief group was one of them where I just met some people that were going through their own pain. And I just felt like, okay, it's not just me going through this excruciating pain, even though there's, it's a different type of pain, a different type of loss, but it's not just me that helped praying really helped, which I mean, my grandmother taught me to pray when I was a little girl in Croatian and I never thought I would be praying, uh, to be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, I prayed growing up a bit and then I went to church as a Catholic a bit and I went through the rites and sacraments. I got married in a Catholic church and so I felt like I was doing the right things, whatever that meant. Well, it looked right. It sounded right. It it was the right, there were the right steps in the eyes of the church. And so then I was doing the right thing. Um, but I think I've learned that intent with prayer, with going to church or with anything else that you do, intent is so critical because you can go and you can show face and you can do something to seem like you're doing the right thing, but if you're not actually doing the right thing for the right reasons, um, it's going to come back to you. Maybe no one else will know and figure you out and you can carry your, your burden of your secret, but people don't matter. <laughs> your peace of mind matters. Um, and I'm the first one to say that I absolutely have made all kinds of mistakes. And so peace of mind, doing the right thing, figuring out what my standards of integrity are has been an instrumental part of this process after so much pain. And, and I mean, they say, don't blame yourself. There are all these, again, platitudes, right? It's like, but I get it. You want answers. Even when you get answers, you just feel like, okay, how do I prevent this next time? Will there be a next time? Will I be a mom? Am I a mom on mother's day? It's like these nice Instagram posts of for the moms, all the moms. And it's like, yeah, that's nice. Um, 
but I had a handful of people really reach out and say, you know what, you're just so strong and you're a loving person and you can embody motherhood in so many ways beyond birthing because you can, you can embody motherhood through acts of unselfish devotion and care, compassion, um, not to take away that, you know, birthing a child and being a mother in that sense, I think is a very special, unique and sacred relationship and experience that cannot be substituted with any other form of motherhood, but there are forms of motherhood. And so it's nice to see people acknowledging different forms of motherhood, but this form, whatever, whatever form you want to call this, when you don't have anything tangible to show for it is especially excruciating. Um, well, I guess you have maybe pictures and ultrasounds or memories of some sort, the hope, anticipation of something, you know, coming to fruition that I think is so deeply biologically rooted in our minds, our physiology, our society. It's just so deeply rooted, this need to procreate. It's biologically so fundamental to our purpose, I think. We we grow up and we're meant to procreate. And a lot of what we do, dating, relationships, it's all kind of this formalized version of, of really a basic biological drive. And well, some people might not like me reducing it to that, but I think it's so fundamental and foundational to who we are as humans, as animals. And really, I mean, it's the whole animal kingdom, right? Have babies, protect your babies, grow your family, feed your family, protect, feed, serve, protect, feed more babies. Um, so, you know, I just, yeah. So the story, um, so being here in Austin and kind of trying to find my place, uh, both, you know, just new friends or new communities trying to figure out where I fit and where I sit in this whole place. And I really do like it as a place. I like a lot of places. Um, I have a friend that wants me to do a travel series and I will do that. I have not forgotten. Um, but so this is a beautiful place and hill country is stunning. And we're really, really happy about being around hill country. Um, we'll see what, what it's like in the summer. I've heard it's hot. So let's see what comes in the next few months. But yeah, so I found a prayer ministry and this brilliant woman. Um, not sure if I can share her name. I haven't asked her, so I won't. Uh, but, you know, she's got her name on the website and she does these prayer blankets and I prayer blanket. And okay, it's for people that have experienced loss or um, that are very sick, terminally ill. And they list it as one of the bullet points, you know, um, miscarriage, difficult pregnancy, that type of thing. And so that, okay, yeah, I, I want a blanket. <laughs> it's this tangible thing. I, I felt really drawn to it. And I don't entirely know why I was so drawn to this physical kind of thing. I mean, I've got baby clothes that are physical. I don't know that the physical, it's a, it's a representation of something, but I don't need something physical to remember what happened and the losses that I've had and what they've done to change me and shape me. So I don't know why I was drawn to it so much 
or I didn't know why initially, but then today I actually picked up this, this prayer blanket and I spoke with this woman once or once on the phone before the blanket was completed. She told me about a book that I'll link to below that it, it, it does have a Catholic slant to it. Um, but it's called my sisters, the saints, pretty sure. And I'll, I'll link to it so you can check it out. It just felt like it put words to, to things that I didn't have words for. And it felt like somebody really understood the pain of anticipation of disappointment of these kind of dashed hopes and dreams, timelines, control, certainty. And so I really loved that. And so no matter what your faith, I think if you're going through an experience of pregnancy loss, I think it might be for you regardless, um, just because of how wonderfully the author shares her story and it really is a personal story. So that might be something I was blown away. She, I told her, you know, what I was hoping that what I needed the bill blanket for, or my reason for requesting one. And then she told me about this book and I read it in a few days and it's just, I cried and cried and cried. Um, and this is months after six months, at least, um, after everything happened. And so, you know, it's funny how in a moment, something you think that you're over, you think you figured out just comes rushing back in. And I think that's what grief is kind of like. It just, you're fine one second into the next second, it comes rushing back. And I think that's okay. Um, because it, it has such immense suffering within it. And I think that's powerful to have experienced that in some sense, because I can feel immense joy and immense happiness. And I know what that is and immense love. And I absolutely know the, the depths of the darkness and despair that comes from real grief and loss in a very tragic way. And, and that is a part of this too. And again, it's really shaped me. The good things in my life have shaped me, but the challenges of course have too. And while I was in the middle of it, I don't think, I mean, I was trying to make sense of it. There were books. I didn't like any of the books that were kind of given to me. Not really. Um, this one kind of really hit home, but again, I, I had some space from actually physically healing from the whole ordeal. So I don't know if it would have helped me right afterwards. Um, but I just needed love and to not go anywhere and um, I did have a lot of travel and things happening in between that, you know, kind of, I would have liked to have been in peace and quiet alone. Actually, that's what I really wanted to just recover and heal and in more ways than one. So anyhow, um, I picked up the blanket and I hadn't ever met this woman. She didn't know what I looked like or anything. And, um, it had my name on it, which right away, I just thought, wow, I had no idea it would be personalized. So that felt special. And then it was green and pink and had these flowers. And, um, if you see me on video, I'm wearing a dress with flowers today and it's kind of a spring time of year and my eyes are green and it just, it looked like the blanket looks like me. If I was a blanket, I don't know how else to, to say it. It's like me in blanket format, just springy and bubbly, kind of happy, pink, green, very spring floral, which as a child, I was like everything. I was like, tomboy, leave me alone. Don't, don't give me floral anything. But my nature is very friendly, very talkative, open, bubbly spring. My birthday's in spring. It's just like, I am a spring type of person in all ways, you know, new beginnings. And 
I love ideas. I love new things and that new fresh energy. That's very much so my nature. And so it was surreal to look at this. And I just, I started crying in front of the lady, not the lady that made it, um, the lady that was giving it to me as I picked it up in the office. And I just, I started crying and I realized then why I wanted this blanket because the person who made it and a priest and the community had prayed over it, prayed for my peace in this difficult time, prayed for my healing and my peace and my prayed for my ability to heal and be held by God and forces unseen and that kind of universal thing that holds everything in the balance, which I call God, you know, um, that unifying presence. And I felt that unity. I felt that unity with the blanket, with the, the woman that made it that I'd never met, with the lady watching me cry and get, handing me Kleenex, who of all things was pregnant. <laughs> and um, just, I felt this unity that made me realize that's what I'm looking for. And that's what this blanket was. It was a unity with the community, with the knowing that other people have me in mind when she, I was on the phone when I called her to request this blanket and she said, yep, I'll get started right away. And even say, even saying that out loud right now, I could cry because it was like, you matter. This is important. This is awful. This is so needed. You deserve this. I'm, I am taking this seriously. And I think that's what I wanted is validation. Somebody to say, yes, this is awful. This sucks. And you're not alone. You are me. And and that book recommendation, again, emphasized, I'm, ex okay, unique story, but I'm also like the woman in the book. And maybe you, if you've been through this and you're listening, and the woman that um, I interviewed about her business, which you'll hear about in the next episode, and in that interview, we're all even though our experiences are absolutely unique and not to say everyone's the same, that's not what I'm going for, but I am all of those women and they are me and they, they're praying or thinking and being in the same grief as me. And so it feels like this, if you think of like a beehive or something, this like network, you know, and that's what I think about when I, I pray, I kind of feel like I'm plugging into, I wonder, I always kind of imagine who else is praying <laughs> kind of like this network of prayers. And I can imagine so many people all over the world at any moment in time are praying to God, pleading with God in the moments when death, suffering, loss, um, pain, danger, fear, we really resort to kind of please God, right? And we look up and we plead to the sky, like, please, please just fix this, you know, and we wreck, we bargain and we try to reason and I won't, you know, I'll never lie again. I'll never do this again. Just please. And I, we're so connected in that kind of surrender and in that hope towards something bigger and, and just surrender up to it. And that unity, I, I gotta tell you, I've never felt that anywhere else so strongly as when I was in labor giving birth to my dead babies and in these moments of, of prayer and of speaking with this woman and receiving this blanket and just feeling so like whoa okay these people have never met me and they're holding me in their thoughts and 
they get it. They're validating it. They see me and they're holding that grief with me. I don't have to hold it alone. It was just, I don't know that I'm doing it justice by speaking it out. I I honestly don't know how to describe to you. I sat in my car. I had this blanket on my belly and I just cried. It was like, this blanket looks like me. (laughs) And I just felt so seen and not alone anymore. And it really was a pretty lonely, pretty lonely ordeal. Or so I thought until I opened myself up to this kind of network of, and and I can be alone in my room, but kind of when I think about, oh, there are all these other people that are praying and wishing, grieving and hoping, celebrating, and there's just all these other people, right? And in Facebook and all these online platforms give us a sense of that. There are these people, everybody's kind of doing and living and you see it when you drive places, but when you're alone at home, it can feel really isolating. Like where, where is everyone? They're not there. Right. And so to tap into that, knowing that, wait, there are all these other people and all these other people that have gone through this. And that woman in the hospital, the same day that went through, you know, her own story line, like her own storyline and narrative of a similar loss, you know, with her own nuances, but I'm not walking this alone. I'm not doing this alone. It was just so, so supportive, both from a perspective of I'm not doing this alone. The, I mean, the physical part, the grieving part, the having, having women that had gone through it, chatting with them. It's, um, I think that's why people say, oh, we should talk about this more. Oh, we should speak up more because then you can reach out. So, you know, rather than kind of talking through intricacies of what happened to me and my body, you know, what I want from this episode is, is for you to know that you can reach out to me. And I feel like that's so cheesy and people say it in all the podcast episodes, but I mean, I say it about every subject, right? Reach out. Let's talk about careers. Let's talk about business. Let's talk about, but But this, I really do mean it. Reach out to me for a conversation because some of the women that were there for me in those moments of getting the news, of going to the hospital, of waiting, of making decisions, of after the fact feeling alone, not wanting to do anything, cook, not being able to, resting, people around you not understanding. It is so different if you have even one person to lean on. And my biggest hope is that you know that you have one person to lean on and more than one, but at the very least one. Um, And I'm absolutely willing to have conversations if this is something you're going through and going through in silence and alone, because that's, that's what makes it so difficult. But no matter what, I mean, even when you are alone and you feel alone, I think you can tap into that network, right? (laughs) I mean, I do it through prayer. You can do it how you want. I think prayer really helps. Meditation might help, but prayer certainly helps but tap into the knowing that there's more than just you and that you're supported and held by this kind of bigger network, the beehive, the, the fibers of our society. You, you are held in that it's 
really nice to surrender to not just societal fabric, but universal God or love unity, that fabric, knowing that you're absolutely held in that is so nice. It's I, I mean, having that blanket, my shoulders just went down. I could breathe. It felt so liberating to surrender when it felt like I had to fight so hard and for so long and seemed so strong and so unaffected. And people ask you how you are and that's not, you're not meant to answer. And it's just, um, it's very, very hidden in plain sight, isolating, and you feel very misunderstood sometimes even by people that have gone through it themselves and that's tough. So, you know, if it's not me, reach out to someone, but also know that, you know, you do get out of this valley and then sometimes you get thrown right back into it. And prayer has been a really nice way for me to feel supported while I'm walking through it, whether it, it was a day after or now six months or eight months after, um, it's really nice to know I have somewhere to go, even if I'm alone in the car. I can just surrender to that fabric of that. For me, it's God, that that fabric that holds everything in the balance somehow, even though there's tragedy and pain, death, and the beauty of birth and spring beginnings. Like it's, you can't have birth without death, I suppose. And so it's kind of, we avoid death, but we can't, and it does something for us. Parts of me also died. Like I said, it's really shaped me into a different person and shown me what I care about a lot more and reminded me that I have very little control. And all of those things wouldn't have happened or I don't think would have been so deeply ingrained in me and so clear to me if I hadn't really gone through the fire of this experience. So this episode's not going to take away your pain if this is something you're going through. Um, you know, people think, oh, well, then when you have the kid or like there will be some other side. I, I don't know. Uh, but I do know that feeling like you're supported by others in community is huge. Feeling like you have somewhere to talk and go to and seek refuge actually physically really helps. And then when you're alone and kind of feeling like what is going on and I can't handle this, can I handle this? What am I doing here? Surrendering to that fabric of God, this unity, surrendering to that really, really helps when you feel too tired to kind of fight. It's like you just, <laughs> you don't have to. Um, and you can break down and you can cry in your car for 20 minutes and hold a blanket and, uh, that's okay. And then when you're done surrendering and, and kind of crumbling, then you can be rebuilt and reborn and kind of wake up and okay, I am hopefully better off, certainly humbled, <laughs> certainly humbled. So. Yeah, I, I hope this is somewhat encouraging to know that at least the doubts, the fears, the grief, shame, isolation, it's all, you're not alone and there are things you can do. Some books that aren't normally recommended, I think, and some things um, 
prayer blanket super cool and it was just so I felt really cared for knowing that this woman my grandmother's age was sewing away and they had me in mind so um I'll share the the next episode as well so you can hear a little bit about another woman who is taking this grief and challenge difficulty that she faced with loss and really making it into a mission and a, a project to support other women I find it very inspiring I being so connected to the grief of others the way she is and the way she can hold that and be supportive of that and support that is is a just next level love and empathy that I don't know I don't know if I could handle it day after day and she's doing it and it's so cool so you'll see that in the next episode it's a, a really beautiful way that I think she's giving to women that are struggling with grief and loss and I hope that this is just giving you one other perspective it's not exactly my full story it's not exactly me telling you it's all good <laughs> but hopefully it's real and the truth of my experience and the truth of the things that have brought me some comfort in such a difficult isolating painful time so i'll link to all of the stuff below if this has been useful you know reach out if it hasn't reach out if you want someone to talk to reach out you can message me anywhere it might take me a bit to get back to you depending on where you message me but um instagram's a good spot and i'd be very happy to to chat with you or pray with you just listen and and be that that source of comfort and that presence so yeah as i said this one was going to be a hard one to start and finish and i'm not really sure not really sure about how this is supposed to go, this kind of episode, but I hope it brings you comfort knowing that it's not just you and it, it comes and it goes and you can, you can make your way through it and you will make your way through it and you will be different as a result and you'll grow as a result. And hopefully it, it, it it makes you more loving and more appreciative, more patient, more of all the things that, you know, humble, all the things we want to be. This will certainly, this will certainly sharpen you into somebody new. So if you're going through it, my heart absolutely goes out to you. And please, please do reach out, if not me, to someone else, because you are absolutely not alone in this experience. It might feel that way. And when you're alone, that'll be where the growth is. So I don't know. We also vilify being alone, don't we? Like, oh, I feel so alone. It's like, well, yeah, but you're in kind of a dark, a dark cave valley time of your life. And so of course it feels dark. Of course it feels lonely. It's like you're, it's kind of, there's death and renewal that is supposed to be dark. That is supposed to be alone. Of course, if it's going beyond into suicidal ideation, I absolutely encourage you or self-harm. I encourage you to reach out to a professional and, and get support. And hopefully the people around you are are paying attention to that type of thing. And, and maybe they need to be listening to this episode. 
that's a whole other episode is what others can do to support you because I feel like they regularly miss the mark on things to say, things to do, how to help, how to be there for you. They ignore it. They're awkward in the room with you when you talk about it or you don't talk about it. They won't say anything. It's like, no, address it. Don't just ignore me or ignore the elephant in the room. Doesn't make it go away if we all act just weirdly okay when it's not okay. Man, that is so frustrating. Uh, So, you know, that might be another episode of just, hey, you know somebody that's going through this, get it together, read some articles, listen to some stuff and figure out how to be there for the person that's grieving a loss that's so, um, such a unique experience and needs a certain level of, of care. But any kind of loss, it's just grief is so, we need to, as a society, instead of just trying to ignore it, we need to learn how to support it, support the person that is in the grief kind of bubble on their own, really going through the thick of it, the fog of it. We need we need to understand for ourselves and for others kind of what that can be and really be the that fabric, right? That societal fabric that holds people when they're going through something like that. There's actually a woman in the church um, from oh, Kenya or Ethiopia. I can't remember. I don't remember. She was so lovely. She always had a smile on her face and she lost four different family members. And there they pay, the, the community comes together and pays for the funeral, comes and brings food to the family for weeks. Like they, a few people will even move in and really be there. And just, it's very hands-on, uh, a little bit different from other traditions and everybody's got their own traditions and ways that they deal. But I just think, you know, that, that social fabric is so critical when you're going through such a difficult time and I think having some more protocols beyond just sending flowers, I think is really needed. Um, you know, and showing up for a couple of days, like it's, it doesn't just last a couple of days after a few days of visitation or a service, there's so much more that comes beyond that in the silence where we almost need like for the month or 40 days after, like there should be somebody coming by the house every day, just, just to make sure, just to say hi, just to bring, something or clean up something or you know it uh those days after the hustle and bustle of a funeral and a loss and all the whirlwind that's when things get really quiet really quiet and it's like okay now where are all the people that were so concerned when this just happened am i just going to there have been forgotten here or what <laughs> so yeah might be another episode for those who are loved ones of those who have experienced loss because it's a, it's a whole other role. Um, but yeah, I see that part too, where it's isolating because people don't know what to do or what to say or how to help. And, you know, yeah, you should tell them what you need, but I mean, how often do you really know what you need when you're in that space mentally and physically? So yeah, I get it. It's a tough, we need advocates and support people in that sense, but when you're in the thick of it, I think the biggest thing is that surrender to the situation. That's the only thing that really gets us through. No other human can really do for us what we can do when we surrender to the pain, surrender to the experience fully and just accept what's happening, open our eyes and be present to what's happening. Maybe we don't accept it from a place of, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> but acceptance as in 
I acknowledge this. I acknowledge the pain of this. I acknowledge what's happening here and, and opening ourselves up to it to happen. Because when I did that, everything sort of flowed. And, and again, not in, not in the way that I wanted. It wasn't my desired outcome, but it went smoothly to the degree that something like that goes smoothly because of my surrender and acceptance to what was the the fate of that particular situation the the reality there was nothing else to be done it was to be surrendered not for me to do and act and push and force oh i'm good at doing and acting and forcing or thinking i can do those you know thinking i can push something through but nope just me just uh just a humble human over here realizing I have very little control other than what I say and how I respond to situations and my actions. And that's, that's about it, which is, that's a tough one, at least for me to swallow. So I, again, see, I continue on. It's hard to end. There's so many things I'd like to say about this, but if you're thinking about this, you kind of know all the things I'm saying because you're living it. So my, my main my main point to convey here is find the fabric socially and universe fabric, the God fabric, that thing holding us all in the balance. Seek that beyond even humans for real, true surrender and peace into just, okay, I'm, I'm held by something. Otherwise, what is this storm going to do to me? And, uh, I'm, I'm here. So it would mean a lot to me for people to reach out to me too, because well, it also feels lonely for me. So, you know, two-way street, it would help me out as well if you reached out and shared your story and or just reached out and said, hey. So thanks for listening. As I said, I'll put up the episode with Caitlin, the, the woman running her business, supporting grieving mothers and parents, families. And uh, I hope this has been useful. It's been difficult to share and find the right time and the words and it's so vulnerable and I really debated doing it, but today just seems right. So I hope it's for someone that listens and hears something in here that they needed. I hope this one's, this one's for you. So uh, we'll see you next time. And thanks so much as always for listening. Take good care until then.